0: Hello welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe.
1: Hey Jonathan, how's it going?
0: Uh, today has been a tough day, Amy. A very tough day in the SBC.
1: Yeah, and it felt very rollercoaster-ish. Yes. So.
0: So, uh, as many of you are well aware, our top story this week, and, and it's it's hard to believe after the great EC meeting we had and all the news coming out of that. That that would not be the top story, but we'll jump right into it. Uh, Southwestern has announced the resignation of President Adam W. Greenway, effective immediately.
1: So this release just came out, right? Just yeah. came out on Friday afternoon, and we're, we're recording this late.
0: Yeah, literally honestly. like an hour later. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because this has been a I mean, we, it's been an active conversation today. And the, uh, the announcement did not come from the trustees, though, until Friday afternoon. So uh, Danny Roberts, chairman of the board of trustees, said that they received President Greenway's resignation. There was an all day meeting by from the executive committee yesterday and then subsequently after that meeting they received his resignation so then that that announcement came today and he is leaving and will be going uh, in with a role at the IMB so we don't know exactly what that position will be and the interim president will be OS Hawkins a uh, former GuideStone president a name familiar uh, to many he, yeah. So or acting president, I yes. guess that's the title, acting president. So
0: Yes. Quote here from Dr. Greenway says that we will continue to serve Southern Baptists as we have throughout the course of our lives in ministry. Talk about he and Carla, his wife. We believe our next assignment is not a departure from but a continuation along the journey that God has always had us walk. We're thrilled that we're going to help prepare Southern Baptist missionaries for their work of addressing the world's greatest problem, spiritual lostness, with God's solution, that is the gospel of Christ. Uh, said they look forward to beginning a new chapter with Southern Baptist's favorite entity, the IMB. So uh, please be in prayer for Dr. Greenway, his family, as they make this transition. And for our friends over at Southwestern, as they transition uh, to new leadership, Uh, that makes uh, two entities open right now, Amy. Uh, Again, we we had a week with with, uh, one open, because last week, you know, Brent.
1: Right. Right. With Brent. Yeah. So let me ask you one thing, cause I've seen some discussion about this today okay. about Baptist press coverage yeah. on this. So there was a lot of speculation and then Baptist press actually put a tweet out yes. about this. And then the story ran today. Can you explain, can you walk through yeah. that timeline and that decision? Yeah, so we,
0: we talked with the chairman of the board last night and we're told that there had been no change in leadership. Uh, woke up this morning, everybody's saying that everything had changed and, we didn't have any confirmation on anything. We were acting off the information that we had from the seminary, and we're not going to jump into any speculation or preempt any announcement by the seminary itself. Because as you and I both know, it's not official till it's official. And at Baptist Press, we do not run stories until we have official confirmation. So the okay. latest word we had was there was no change. So until that changed, that's what we had.
1: So that's helpful because I think it is hard. We're in a day where conversation can stir up and um, and things are, information is kind of going around and you, you start to wonder, well, why isn't it being covered? And a lot of times they're just steps that that say, okay, if we have to wait until official statements, then we just wait until they come. And so you guys were going with what you knew.
0: That is uh, the top story of the week. I'm sure there'll be more discussion about that in the coming weeks and months. Uh, But, Amy, we turn our attention to the executive committee meeting, which uh, you were privileged to attend this past week here in Nashville. A a great meeting, actually. Uh, A lot of people were kind of surprised by the speed of the meeting, uh, including me, because we got done a lot earlier than I think a lot of us thought we were going to be done.
1: It moved really fast, and this was my first time to be uh, back in that room in, in quite a long time back and back in Nashville for an EC meeting. I've been at, um, the, I was at the EC meeting in Anaheim, but I've had not attended one, um, since, uh, since 2021, since February, 2021, one that was taking place in Nashville. So it was quite faster. Like it, it did move, move right along. And with a, large n- number of referrals motion yep. referrals so a ton of things Did a to, lot of work. Just to go through very efficient yeah and there was definitely like there was definitely conversation in subcommittees and kind of worked through some of the things but by the time items came to the floor everybody was just ready to vote so yep. they moved through so monday night just had some it was mainly uh some presentations there was yep.
0: a over a million dollars given amy
1: yeah, on Monday, yeah. five
0: hundred thousand from the Ohio Baptists presented That's to right. the cooperative program, and then another five hundred and forty thousand and change from student campers, chaperones, you name it, at Lifeway camps toward international and um, you know North American missions. So, million dollars on on Monday. I felt kind of bad not having a check presented to me when I was up there on Tuesday.
1: Um, I'm sorry. Would you like I, I you should have given me a check. You should
0: have written me a check for a million dollars, Amy. You were sitting right <laughs> and, out there on the front row.
1: And I would have advised you not to cash that check <laughs> if it's not gonna go well for you or, or for me or for, you. for that matter. Right. So uh, but it was it, but it was Monday night was a lot of presentations. Bart Barber gave his report, uh, Willie McLaurin gave his report, and then Tuesday was the day for just lots of business. Yes, yeah. So
0: a lot of the business is covered in the wrap up story. We'll, we'll go through a couple of the major points here. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, also the staff had a chance to kind of share and what's going on at the SBC executive committee. Uh, I shared uh, our CFO, uh, interim CFO, Twyla Roberts shared, Brandon Porter, Charles Grant, Peter Yanis and Luis Lopez all had a chance to to share what's going on in our respective areas. Uh, One of the big pieces, Amy, was the update to the calendar of activities for 2023. We'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the episode. But uh, the updated calendar of activities has been released. And uh, the big piece of that was Caring Well Sunday. We'll talk again about that at the end of the episode. But also the proposed change to bylaws of the SBC about resolutions. Now, you were part of this because you actually, I think, served with this this work group.
1: Yeah, so the subcommittee... From uh, last year, had had named a task force and or a work group, and they asked me to be on it because they can name whoever they want if they want to bring in some people who may have some background or experience uh, that is is helpful. So it was primarily executive committee members, but also uh, I was on there, and Nathan Finn participated on that as an outside person who is now an EC member as recording secretary, uh, but at the time he wasn't, and so. the there were several motions that had come addressing whether or not we should change the way we do resolutions or if we should even have them and that uh the work group's findings as well as what the subcommittee ultimately did was keeping resolutions and i know there's a lot of a lot of thoughts about that but one thing is you know there that is a category of a type of motion and so if you just do away with the resolutions committee then you're going to have people that will come and make opinion statements, you know, as motions. So you still have to figure out how to deal with that. So the determination was to actually take the bylaw and make an adjustment. And it really was just a, is is a recommendation of a date adjustment to kind of move everything a little bit earlier. So it opens the portal earlier. It makes the deadline um, about 10 days earlier. And then it gives an initial report from the resolutions committee 10 days before the annual meeting. So that way it gives messengers time to see the proposed resolutions and to process and to think about them and to come prepared to the meeting. So as opposed to this idea of them being published in the bulletin and everybody's gotten like a couple of hours to figure out you know what's going on, just gives a little bit more time. And so that's the proposal that will come from the executive committee to the messengers in New Orleans. Now, a bylaw change like that has to happen before it goes into effect, so that doesn't affect the current resolution process. Current one will continue as it always has, but if the messengers uh, go with this, then it would change for 2024. Now, there was a the the way it's written, it talks about an initial report ten days out, and then the final report will be in the bulletin. One of the reasons for that is. Uh, because in that 10 days, kind of like when you have uh, nominating reports, uh, the nomination committee on nominations gives their initial report and then someone may drop out in the 10, you know, in the 10 days or or in the, I guess in the 45 days, whatever, then they will have a final report that gives any updates. So I think the, the executive committee, the work group, the subcommittee, everyone had the concern about when you give the initial report from the resolutions committee you don't want to set things in stone that if some historical event happens in those 10 days if a you know a hurricane hits puerto rico and you want to you know just like it has done and and you want to speak to that, or something? Uh, you know, something happens in the world that Southern Baptists want to speak to. That final, you know, report just allows an opening yeah. for the people to to decide to do that. But otherwise, this is something that will just give messengers more time to process. So we'll see. We'll see if the messengers want to do it.
0: Giving messengers more time and more information is always a good thing. So. We'll take a look at that whenever we get to the annual meeting in New Orleans next June and see uh, what the messengers think about that when we get there. All right. Well, that's uh, some of the big pieces there. And then another piece, Amy, and, and this usually would be a big deal, but the credentials committee recommended the disfellowshipping of two churches, and the executive committee affirmed that. Those churches were College Park Baptist Church in Greensboro, North Carolina, for practicing, quote, open for affirmation, approval, and endorsement of homosexual behavior, and Amazing Grace Community Church in Franklinville, New Jersey, for, quote, a lack of cooperation to address issues alleging, quote, discriminatory behavior. So those were the two churches, uh, College Park and Amazing Grace, that were um, disfellowshipped, and the also the EC approved its operating budget for the next fiscal year at $8.335 million. Dollars. Okay, uh, one other piece that we didn't address yet, Amy, on Monday night. There was an update from the both the ARITF, the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force. Mike Keybone right. gave that. That's and correct. And also, Adron Robinson gave a update from the EC President Search Committee.
1: So Mike Keybone came on behalf of the abuse... Reform Implementation Task Force because Marshall Blaylock, the chair, was not able to attend. And so Mike Keybone, who um, serves on that task force and is an EC member, could come and do that and essentially updated them on the same lease that had come out online and just so that the EC members would be informed of that and up to speed.
0: So, and then I mentioned Adron gave the report from the president search committee, said they have questionnaires out to 11 candidates, got those out and actually got them back in uh, before the meeting last week. And then uh, that they have received more than 5,000 responses from the survey they sent out in the summer. Uh, So that was kind of crazy. That's a lot of uh, survey responses that they got out there. And, uh, and got back on what to look for and what people are looking for in the next president of the SBC Executive Committee. So uh, he said that they, they, uh, the timeline that he kind of threw out there was something late fall, early next year, uh, to possibly have a candidate for the committee to consider. So we'll keep an eye on that, see if uh, anything else comes of the search team. They also met on Wednesday at the Executive Committee building or at the SBC building in Nashville uh, following the executive committee meeting. So I think that pretty much covers it for the executive committee meeting. There are a lot of articles over at Baptist Press about that this week. Some final news before we get to uh, this week in SBC history. We found out this morning that longtime Missouri Baptist paper editor Don Hinkle had passed away. He had been there for more than 20 years at the pathway in Missouri and uh, was planning to step down in January of 2023, officially uh, retiring uh, but passed away this week, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to Don's family, as well as our friends at the Missouri Baptist Convention.
1: Very much so. I knew Don back uh Southern Seminary Day, so oh, wow. he was there. Oh, yeah,
0: I didn't know that. That's neat. So, All right. Well, that's going to do it for our news this week. Some, some heavy news, Amy, uh, to start and finish with, um, and some big news here in the SBC. But that'll bring us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds.
1: All right, we're going to go to 1950 to a big day in Blue Mountain, Mississippi. Robert Woody, pastor of the Lowry Memorial Baptist Church, had his first service, had never been, uh, you know, was brand new, and 104 people joined the church Whoa. on his first day. Can you imagine? That is crazy and exciting turns out that blue mountain college, which was in the town
0: uh,
1: was there. Remember it's, you know, end of September, they had uh, something there called join the church Sunday for all the college students. And Robert started on just the, just the right day. That's the day to, to begin. So I guess it's a time when uh, college students, you know, when they come in now, I think there's all different kinds of, of, ways that people do this. People maybe stay a member of their church back Mm -hmm. home, you know, or maybe they do join a church or maybe they have like a watch care, you know, kind of category, something like that. But this is probably a time when, uh, college students, especially maybe with Baptist colleges nearby would find, um, would would find a place and they would join, but it looks like Lowry Memorial had a special day for that. Join the church Sunday for all the college students, and it turned out to be the jackpot day for Robert Woody. Uh, so much that he got into Baptist Press. I wonder if there's been any other pastor that started and had over 100 people join the church on their first day. Well,
0: pastors um, that you know split off churches and start their own. <laughs>
1: Am I wrong, I Amy? I don't. I don't think that counts. But well, uh, congratulations, but congratulations to Robert Woody. I was like, man, this is a pretty good. This is a pretty good gig. It, it worked out. Um,
0: yeah, you know, some deacon came in there on like Tuesday morning. We're like, all right, so what you got for week two, big boy? That's
1: right. That's right. There you go. So you know that happened. Uh, I'm sure. So anyway, it's a good. It's an interesting release. There's some other uh, things talking about the upcoming annual meeting. At uh, for the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, so uh, my home convention, as well as um, uh, as a, a a report from Duke McCall, who was at the time the executive secretary of the sbc executive committee reporting from a trip to nigeria so it's good it's good full issue uh the september 25th issue in 1950 uh but the thing that really jumped out at me was uh, a big day for robert woody so uh, welcome welcome to the church um this week in sbc history
0: man that duke mccall thing's pretty neat about visiting a leper colony
1: yeah, That's yeah, crazy. it's, good, it's good. All right, article.
0: so all right, I know we've talked about this before on the pod, but I just want to bring it up because it's maybe one of my all-time favorite stories on the podcast. Okay, uh, it was uh, this week in SBC history when you talked about 1981 and the itinerant singer not being who he says he was. You remember this was Clyde Francisco? I the, do uh, remember that. Well, who said he was Clyde Francisco, the son of noted Old Testament professor at Southern Seminary, Don Francisco? Yes. and had gone trying to bilk them out of money as a singer, you know, saying that he had sung with the Gaithers and all this stuff, and wanted to perform at the church. Right. And I, my my favorite things was the the responses from the people, and one of them said that he was barely adequate,
1: right. And the other <laughs>
0: says uh, that it was atrocious.
1: So right. Those so are that, those are my favorite. Yeah, it's a great one. We'll put that link in the show notes too. That's worthy of bringing back up. Uh, says that they were suspicious of his manner and even more skeptical after listening to him play the piano and sing one of his own compositions. (laughs) So uh, really, really great. He brought an album uh, called BJ's inner feelings and featured two photographs of a group of singers where he misspelled it. BJ Francisco presents the Francisco's, but it misspelled used an S instead of a C. So Oh man, I hadn't, I hadn't looked at this in so long. He was dressed in white sneakers without socks, jeans, and a white knit shirt, driving an old white van. And uh, it's, yeah, it's great. Everybody go check that out again. It's a nice, greatest hit there.
0: He was rather convincing, but it was atrocious. Yeah. I was very embarrassed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's <was> pretty bad. <laughs> it just,
0: just amazing, 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 amazing story. It's one of my favorites of all time yeah baptist press so uh thanks for letting me share that all right that's going to bring us to our resources of the week amy your resource of the week is
1: mine is a new christian theology textbook christian theology biblical historical and systematic by adam harwood
0: good grief Uh, that's a that's a lot right there adam harwood of Jurassic world fame
1: yes yes uh a, a f- famous extra in jurassic world that that's my favorite thing does adam about get him, to but
0: qualify as friend of the pod does he get that status? absolutely i don't know if does. i've ever met adam i may have met oh, him once he
1: but is you a know friend him. of the pod Yeah. okay yes, Good. he is a friend of the pod and uh he teaches theology at new orleans seminary also an extra in jurassic world also a um I mean, he, he's a, he's, he's a soldier. He's in the military. He's, he just did a tour overseas. Like he is a, a great, we we thank him for his service and is just incredible. I think he serves in the reserves maybe, but then had a, had a tour over there. I don't know all the details of that, except uh, to say that he is kind of a Renaissance man and all of that writes theology books, um, serves his country and is in the movies, but I, uh, Does it I'm all, very, man. yeah, but I'm very excited because I just got my copy of this and it looks really, really good. It's got some great uh, endorsements from Malcolm Yarnell, uh, Roger Olson, Michael Haken, and looks really, really great. So, definitely, um, folks out there, pastors, and maybe students, other people should look into this. It is going to come out October 19th, so I got a little early copy. Very exciting. that's not fair. But I uh, would highly, highly recommend that you pre-order it. So I know he
0: was on sabbatical. Was this his sabbatical project, finishing up this text? uh,
1: Sure. I don't know.
0: Okay. I'm not really sure. Well, I'm sure he listens. He can just text us and let us know.
1: Yes. So... Um, it's it is hefty enough that I would imagine it would take a sabbatical to yeah. do part of this. Well, I yeah. just knew
0: that he was on sabbatical over the last bit, right? So.
1: But let me tell you, doing texts like this, theology texts, I say this as someone who is around um, a theologian, and and Keith has contributed to some oh, of you these. Meant but Keith. okay, yes, uh, Keith has contributed to you know theology for the church and things yeah. like that. But for an individual to take to, to take on a text of this size. That's a, that's a huge task. And so, oh, yes, yeah. So hats off to Dr. Harwood for that. Definitely check that out.
0: Keith and I were talking about the writing he was done. I just kind of like asked him today, cause he was at the UC meeting as well. I right. asked him like, Hey, you know what, what you working on writing wise and everything. And I was exhausted just listening to what he was working on writing wise.
1: Yes, I know. It is it is exhausting to live in the house and to know all the, like just knowing what wow. what he's got. Yeah, got what like he's doing. some
0: counseling thing going on that he's working on, like theologian right. counseling deal. He's working on theology for the church, uh, version right. three, third edition, I think of that one. The, I think so, yeah. The Aiken text. Yeah. Um, and then some other stuff. And I was just like, holy smokes, man.
1: So. Yeah, and he does a lot of like collaborative work. So he does uh th- does yeah. those things. So it's not like he's juggling all those by himself all the time, but definitely um, he's constantly, you know, these guys, they, I'll tell you, they do a lot of great things in the classroom, but their writing projects. They write them uh, with the church in mind.
0: And that's what I really appreciate about our Southern Baptist uh, seminary professors, leaders, and everybody. They, they really do write for the church. Hey, how about that?
1: There you go. So. So check it out. And if you haven't seen Jurassic world, you should check it out and look for Adam Harwood. He's in a lab coat, yeah. I believe.
0: He yeah. tight cast there, I think, but that'll work. So, hey, let's put the professor in the uh, the research lab there. Okay. Yeah. So, awesome. All right, my resource of the week. Kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier. It's the SBC calendar for 2023. So, the SBC calendar of activities featuring Caring Well Sunday for the first time ever. It's going to be September the 24th in 2023. It'll be the last Sunday in September and the subsequent calendars uh, as we go throughout uh, the, the years. Uh, but that one has been added and will be resourced by the ERLC, who is going to provide resources and awareness for Caring Well Sunday. I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll all be chipping into that one on the awareness side of that one. But... Um, that's uh, the big addition for the 2023 SBC Calendar of Activities. Everything else pretty much the same. All the monthly focuses are back, so you can check that out as well. So uh, that is available over at sbc.net slash calendar. Just scroll down and you'll see the 2023 one. So sbc.net slash calendar for the 2023 SBC Calendar of Activities. All right, Amy, it's going to do it for our show this week. Uh, kind of, you know, We mentioned uh, some tough news again this week. Um, obviously, If you listen to the podcast each and every week, you know that we are sponsored by Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary here on the podcast, Uh, but that does not uh, mean that we shy away from reporting some difficult news from time to time about anywhere, uh, whether it be Southeastern where Amy's husband is or the EC where I am uh, or Lifeway or wherever we were, anywhere in between. So, you know, not fun to do those type of stories uh, when presidents leave, but we report the news as it happens. Gotta do it. Yep. All right. Well, Haney, I'll see you next week.
1: See you next week.